everybody. Welcome back or welcome to the Jappy Jaws podcast. It is your host, Lindsay Moraskin, with a very special edition of the Jappy Jaws podcast, what I would like to call, will you accept this thirsty Thursday rose? And I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down because today's episode is all about Bachelor. All right. I know we're all kind of sick of it, but it's been a while since I've talked about it, since we really even talked about Clayton's season. So I figured this week, why not take the opportunity, drag my best friend into it and get talking about what's been going on because everybody has so many different opinions. You guys heard last week Zachary Reality's opinions. I wanted to bring the drama and bring the opinions back into this week. Stay tuned for my conversation with my best friend Nick. Before we get into that, make sure you are following along the Jappy Jaws journey on all social media platforms on Instagram at J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W-S and on TikTok it's just Jappy Jaws Podcast. Been posting so much on there and on Instagram so please throw a follow, throw a like, and let me know what else you'd like to see content-wise. Also, wherever you are listening to me from now, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Apple, you name it, I'm on it. Make sure that you are subscribing, reviewing, rating, liking, and turning that notification bell on so you get notified every single time I upload a brand new, spanking new episode of the Jappy Jaws podcast. Hope everybody's also having a great week. February is literally almost over. The Super Bowl just happened. Congratulations to the Rams. What an incredible game. I truly did enjoy watching it this year. I especially loved the halftime show. I really only have two complaints about the show because I really thought it was so iconic, epic, something that I really wish would happen more often with Super Bowl halftime shows. My one first complaint is that it wasn't long enough. I wish that they all did one collective big thing at the end. My second complaint is, as great as it was, I think they could have gone a little bit more over the top. I wanted to see fireworks. I wanted to see acrobats. I wanted them to get even more creative, but at the same time, I did appreciate how, I don't want to say simplistic, but I'm going to say it, simplistic, the actual art of the music and the performance was because it really did feel like it was connecting with everybody in the stands and watching at home. But overall, a great game. It was so nice to see some fresh faces. I feel like the Super Bowl, even though I am a dedicated Patriots fan, it is nice to see other people get the chance to, you know, play and show off what they work for all season long. I also did not mind seeing Joe Burrow at all. And I just, I really thought it was such a homely, warm, fun, exciting game. The Rams have already touched down in Disney and I'm already looking forward to next season. So I hope you all enjoyed your weekend and the game as much as I did. Something else that I have been enjoying is Kanye West. Now, I know it's kind of getting repetitive and it's almost, I want to say, cooling down with what he's been posting, but no one cannot tell me that it's not funny what he's doing. And trust me, I feel bad for Kim. I feel bad for the kids. I'll say it time and time again. I feel bad for Pete. I feel bad for the whole family. I just don't understand the mentality of someone like that and how he thinks doing all that he's doing, posting on social media, spreading like wildfire is going to get him back with his family. And obviously him and Julia Fox are no longer an item. Ironic how that happened right after the Call Her Daddy interview came out, Uncut Gems, you know? But I just think the whole timeline of how everything's going on is just very interesting and I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. I'm curious to know what you guys think of Kanye doing all this. I'm still torn whether or not he's doing this for attention. If he's 
actually wanting Kim back. I still, part of me wants them to be endgame, but at the same time, it's hard because he's just not in the right mindset. And in order for him to get in the right mindset, he has to take proper action and he's already refused to do that. Let Kanye be Kanye. Donda 2 is coming out early next week. And I truthfully, truthfully hope that this album is something that you know, kind of brings everyone together, not only musically, but just to support and that it's a good fucking album because that's all we really care about at the end of the day. Before we jump right into the show, I know the holidays just passed, Valentine's was this past Monday, but if you're in a giving mood, I suggest giving one of your friends, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, one of the decks from the pregame games. You guys already know that it has become a staple in my pregame ritual, not even just pregaming, a regular ritual. I love playing it with guests. I love playing it just for fun. It really does live in a mood and makes you not even want to leave your house. Head to their website, head to their Instagram at pregame underscore games to see how you could purchase whichever deck you are in need of, whether it's for a bachelorette party, an OG deck. If you're going back to school, guys, people are committing to colleges. My sister is a commit to Penn State University class of 2026. You already know I'm getting her a back to school deck. So make sure that you go to their website, grab your decks. You will not regret it. It is going to be such a staple in your going out routine. And don't forget to use code JJ10 to get 10% off your order. And then speaking of drinking, what type of episode would this be without the Jappy Jaws drinking game? So for anyone that might need a reminder, I like to encourage, enhance, endorse a light drinking game for my listeners to enjoy while listening to my episode. So whenever myself or my guests mention a topic, word, or phrase, I'm going to encourage you to take a sip of something. This week, I'm recommending wine because that seems very bachelor related. And if you're under the age age of 21 because I don't encourage underage drinking. Have some grape juice. That's the equivalent to wine. So whenever Nick and I mention Clayton's name, I want you to take a sip of your wine or grape juice. I'm pouring myself a glass of wine as we speak, getting ready to listen to this, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we loved recording it. Let me know if you want to hear from Nick again, if you liked his opinions or mine, who you agree, disagree. Let me know in my DMs. I will let Nicholas and myself take it away from here. And it's currently 10 p.m. on Valentine's Day. Just sat through two hours of The Bachelor. And I've been teasing for my next guest with us for quite some time now because I quite literally only watch the show in person with this person who has plenty of opinions, ideas, is my very best friend of 15 years, Mr. Nicholas Rogano. Hello, hello. <laughs> Finally coming on to Jaffy Jaws, long overdue. Absolutely cannot wait. How does it feel? It's crazy. I do the stuff behind the camera normally. I'm never like doing any of this with you. So I'm excited to see what we come up with here. See, Nick is really putting on his imposter syndrome so well. So I'm going to give you a little throwback. So Nick and I are both surviving musical theater nerds. We did theater from fifth grade on, starting with our play Annie, where I played Miss Hannigan and my mom still calls <laughs> Nick this. What, oh, no, what is his name? Uh, I just remember the song. He was like, hey, hey hold a minute. Oh, <laughs> That was what Nick and I's her first, first not interaction, but our first memories of each memory other. and especially with musicals. And we grew up all together from when we were like nine, 10 years old till we graduated high school all throughout college. And now we both live at home again. And here we are. And, you know, we've really evolved from musical theater nerds. Don't get me wrong. We still appreciate the arts very much. So it is something that I think we both hold near and dear to our I mean, hearts. It's something we grew up with. It's something yes, that we will always 
always hold in our hearts forever. But we've learned to appreciate it. it from a distance. Exactly. Our lives have totally taken totally different paths taken... from what we would have thought and years ago. Don't get me wrong. Like, do I miss those like little times? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I mean, of course I do. But but I love where I'm at right now for the most part. Yeah, I mean, once again, we all have our ups and downs. Yes, but good days, Definitely bad days. growth. Would and, be the name of the game here. Yes. And with growth becomes new room for taste when it comes to different things, you know, when it comes to different people, to different likes and dislikes. And something that's always been very consistent in Nick and I's friendship and enjoyment and what we both have like appreciated is reality television. Absolutely. But it was so weird because I feel like we went all throughout college. Obviously, we would always talk, but we never really saw each other too much. Well, I mean, we I mean, lived in different states. states and like, you know, life, internships, just relationships. It all just got kind of messy. Absolutely. And then pandemic hit. And like, I always say this, like the pandemic in a weird way is still somewhat of a blessing in disguise in different areas. Agreed. I think Nick and I really got to like re get in touch because Nick lives around the corner for me. It's so easy for us to get to one another and, you know, really have those times. I think there was one night where like we hadn't seen each other, probably including like quarantine, like two years. And he easily. just came over and it was like nothing ever changed. And then he hasn't left my house no. since. For real, we sit on Literally. this couch and nothing Yes, changes so also if we sound weird, we're not in like the usual setup. We're in my family room, a lot of echoing. There's a stone wall, but I promise you, you are in for a very fun episode. It's also 10 o'clock at night, not trying to wake up my entire house. But like I was saying, we both have always really loved reality television. And the weekend, was it the weekend after or was it the weekend before Bordy Barn that we really started getting into like our weekly bachelor nights? I think it was the week after, but but I could be wrong. Because it's like a lot more recent that we are very dedicated yeah, to watching. We together. are committed. Like, it's like, okay, am I coming over? When are you making me dinner? Should I bring food? Should I do this? Should I do that? Also, Nick is very much a part of the Jappy Jaws, like social team party of two. He really does help me with a lot of my content, with a lot of my ideas and what gets me flowing and going. So he really is another part of my brain of the operation. So a lot of what you do see is also Nick. Nick is also filled with so many great punny things that I felt like I was doing a disservice to you guys, especially for those that have been following along for Jappy Jaws, for Bachelor, because I know there are a lot of people that are like, I've been dying to hear your recaps because I haven't really talked about Clayton's season. I think something that really excites me is that I now have another perspective because yes, you do love to hear what I have to say, but at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't mean shit. I mean, it could, but you want to hear it from other people. It's the same old song and dance. And I feel like from Matt's season on, it was just so fucking repetitive with me that I was getting sick and tired of hearing my own voice talking about this fucking franchise. But now I'm just like, okay, I'm opening the floor. Glad to have you here with me to chat about well, it. I'm glad I can share my uh, opinion. We'll put it lightly. Yes. Because I have a lot of them yes. about this season so far. So Nick really did describe, we watched the first episode together. We were talking about this before. We really didn't watch a lot of the episodes together from Clayton's season. First, the third. It was just like weirdly yeah. set up with like work and traveling and just the holidays. It all got messed up. We were watching tonight and I usually like we talk a lot more during an episode. I don't know if it's because we're both tired and I think we we're paying so much attention because we knew we were doing this afterwards I think so too but that I was like okay like let's take notes like Nick took a shit ton oh more guys you don't I understand did. I have no joke a small essay on my phone it's like insane I, I don't think it. I've ever taken this many notes about an episode so we can discuss them I think that's why I was silent 90% right. of the episode. And he holds his phone like so close to his face. So he looks so sneaky and like, 
he's on a mission. I'm like, okay, relax there. I do want to start off from the very top from, I think what we've all been waiting for, for the last like two, three, almost four weeks, I want to say is the two on one with Genevieve and Shanae. First things first, I feel so bad for Genevieve. I mean, I don't know why she was put in that situation because she was standing up for everyone else. But I feel like there were other people going harder at Shanae that could have been put in that two on one. I mean, I completely agree. I don't think she really deserved what she was dealt with at all on that hand. Like, oh God, I feel bad. Like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, there were just so many other people who were attacking her. I think I everyone like just could've... wanted her gone. Exactly. That had to pick like the one just person, one that person who witnessed. Because it was the whole, you know, throwing the trophy thing when she was like, keep your name out of my fucking mouth. So that's really like, I think the catalyst as to why she was put on the two on one. It starts off like the three of them on a bench. It kind of makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, the whole setup was strange. Because if you think back, because we haven't had two on ones in a very, very long time, even though you're together, like there are moments where you have more of a private conversation. I feel like it was jumping from one bench to the other and you were seeing what was going on. I just don't understand how Clayton is so manipulated. Like he's very easily manipulated. It's kind of crazy. I think he's so hypnotized by the fact that all these women want him that it's really clouding his vision. I mean, I can't disagree at all. I mean, there are moments where he's just so willing to take these people's word as like the Bible as God here. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I feel like he just doesn't see what's actually going on half the time, especially being, you know, separated from these girls for large chunks of the day. At the end of the day, we're seeing the edited down portions right. of this. That's something I've always wondered about, like Bachelor Nation, how they film the show is, okay, there's seven days out of the week. How many days are these girls actually seeing Clayton? How many days is he actually seeing the women? In an episode, we normally get maybe, depending on the number of girls, two group dates, or it's one one one-on-one, two group dates, or two one-on-ones, one one group date. That's like, how many days? Like, obviously, it takes a while, and rose ceremonies and cocktail hours go forever. Yeah, exactly. They're not the 15 minute little clip we're seeing they can go on for i'm assuming it's just so interesting because it's like he really and anyone in this position bachelor or bachelorette doesn't really understand what goes on within the quote-unquote house that really i think is a big part missing from their journey as they like to call it and that's why i think sometimes some of these relationships from specifically bachelor and bachelorette don't work out is because they don't see them behind closed doors paradise on the other hand you are living with these people Absolutely. It's similar to Love Island too Hot to Handle. You are constantly with the same people every single day. You know, you're not seeing like the ugly side of those people. You're not waking up next to them. Like this is very much cookie cutter. Like you're saying, when it comes to relationships coming out of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, that's why I feel like these relationships don't last. Because like you're saying, on Paradise, you're seeing the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, the heinous. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing every aspect of somebody mm-hmm. as opposed to here. You're getting like these very curated personalities I feel mm-hmm. and granted it makes good TV don't get me wrong yeah. but like I must feel bad for them in the moment too because like mm-hmm. now Clayton's like so caught off guard with so many random things it's almost not fair to him it's not fair to the girls editing is such a process and on the episode last week with Zachary Reality we were talking about this with how some people get a villain edit or some people are made to look worse or bad and I think especially with them teasing us with this whole I'm in love with all of you and I was intimate with all of you scenario and what's bad to happen is really going to take a toll on Clayton and this whole journey and process, which I think it's going to, you know, really guard the girls up for the long haul. Yeah, I think, honestly, a lot of them, like, especially Sarah, in my opinion, they all are 
are going to have walls up that are going to be so hard for him to break down at this point. Once again, it could all be editing, but like this teaser is just throwing everyone through everyone through a loophole. Like I don't really know where it's going. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like normally we could kind of tell where Mm -hmm. these things are going, but this particular teaser, I'm a little, uh, little thrown off, a little caught off guard. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see where it's going to lead to as well. I agree. But back to the episode. So we're at the two on one. One thing I will say about like the whole Genevieve thing, and this kind of, I guess, could go back to editing. I feel like we haven't gotten a read on who she is. Agreed. Her relationship with Clean, because she was like, I it is hard for me to open up, but I also feel like I haven't seen her have a conversation. Like I don't know who Genevieve is. Besides this two-on-one, mm-hmm. I really don't recall seeing her that much throughout the Or not talking about Shanae. Yeah, at all. I get her in the storyline, but I want to know more about her. Exactly. And I feel bad, like I said before, because she was placed in this scenario where it seems as if she could be on Clayton's end, a mean girl and how Sinead was trying to say that she was an actress, which I didn't understand. Like I wrote in my notes, I was like, why are you crying? What connection? Because I really don't see a connection with Genevieve and Clayton. And I think she's going home. If not this week, next. Maybe next, yeah. It's very odd to me that like these girls, but also it's the way this whole show is set up is like, it's 30 girls, one guy. You're not surrounded by anything else. You have no connection to the outside world. Like this is all you see. So this is like, I hate saying it like this, but as good as it's going to get for the time being to no, go mean, home or absolutely. you get engaged. So I was confused about that. Shanae always embraces or talks about that she has this confidence, but I think she very, very much mistakens her confidence for, for cockiness. cockiness. Yep. <laughs> I just feel like she's ridiculous and manipulative in general. I mean, cocky. Yes. Manipulative, on another hand, though, the same thing. Comparing yourself to Meryl Streep, come on. Yeah, like, come on. I understand you're going to accuse Genevieve of being an actress, yet you're sitting here being like, tears, tears, woo, tears. Like, you're cueing yourself to cry on command. And then she brought up the whole thing, like, this is why I'm single for five years. Why do you think you've been single for five years? The minute she said that, I think everyone who is involved in the Bachelor Nation world Mm -hmm. just stared at their screen and went, gee, I I wonder wonder why. Maybe because she hasn't opened herself up to love, hasn't really been as vulnerable is the reason that she acts the way she does because she doesn't know any better. I mean... But that's also me being devil's advocate. I was just going to say... At some point down the line, yeah. someone has called her on her shit. Bachelor aside with her, someone's called her on her shit before. Let's be real. I can understand calling and yourself said cocky. That she's but so well liked. I'm like, how? Who, who do you surround yourself with? Exactly. Because the people you surround yourself with outside of here, too, is a reflection is of who a, you are. Exactly. Like your network is your net worth. I don't understand how people are so willing to just bow down to her and be like, oh my God, she's so loved. Like, once again, by who, where, when. And I mean, we could completely be wrong like I don't want to discredit her completely do I think that there was a way to give this a bad edit to some degree yes but like you also can't fake saying something like the Meryl Streep comment or like these hoes or something like that I think she made herself in this mindset of this is a competition this isn't about love and that's what got the best of her agreed but I don't think her and Clayton would have worked out regardless because Clayton was so attracted to her and hypnotized by her vagina enticing like nature and like you know kind of that dominatrix type feel not dominatrix but dominant yeah just she had a very dominant energy yes she was the alpha in that relationship so i think he felt i guess kind of like more secure because he was being coddled by her so it was kind of validating him at the same time but then i think he started to see got all caught up in the web of lives but the most important thing is ding dong 
the witch is dead. <laughs> the shrimp is dead. The shrimp gate is done. And you made a really great point before when we were talking about this. Like so many of these women were telling Clayton week after week. And obviously producers take into play how terrible this girl was to everyone and what she would say in her manipulation game. It took him quote unquote, this amount of time to realize that like, this isn't the person that I thought I was talking to. Hypnotized. I get it. But once again, having so many outside Mm -hmm. influences saying she's not good. She is bad. Like this is not the person you think she is over and over and over again. How are we not putting two and two together? Producers. I get it. Once again, edited. I understand. But even to to that extent like why are we keeping her i think my favorite part about this episode was when all the girls when genevieve came back were popping bottles off the oh roof and we're just God. like kind of getting excited i don't want to say it looked like mean girl behavior but like no. i could just tell that it was like such a sigh of relief it was like wow like we can finally rid the toxicity there's not going to be tensions here anymore but i want to ask you this when it comes to your relationships and your friends if we were in a given situation about a guy and a girl which like we have been in the past what is something that you see as a red flag from the people that they surround themselves with that is a reflection to who they are? That is a good question. I think so. I mean... We were just saying. Yeah, I mean, We were just in, saying yeah. this earlier. I mean, you're influenced by your surrounding circle. Mm-hmm. So even if your significant other or your friend, your boyfriend, your best friend, even like family members, I feel, mm-hmm. if they're surrounding themselves with all this negative, toxic energy 24-7, whether your other person in this relationship realizes they have it or not it has to feed into their life somehow if i was dating some guy and his best friends were like praising the ground he walked on for doing dumb ass shit like he's gonna have a freaking superiority complex right. here the size of god fucking no size of texas he comes back home and say like, oh my god babe you don't even know the guys were loving this and this and this like I'm going to call you on your shit. You're being stupid. With my luck, you'd cause some type of problem, but <laughs> and then we'd fight about stupid shit. But either way, like, keep saying it, but I really mean it. Like, your network is your, is network. your net worth. The people you surround yourself are who you are going to be with 24-7. Of course, it's going to influence you in some way, shape, or form, whether you realize it or not. I think that brings me to a great point now, because obviously in this situation, it is not like how it would be when you're back home, where you're more comfortable, where you can kind of adjust to your surroundings, and you're not really closed off from the outside world. And something that I really do love about Bachelor Nation, what really draws me to the franchise is the friendships that people make within the franchise. I mean, so many people from like Katie's season, Michelle's season, Tasha's season, Matt's season, I could keep going on forever, yeah, absolutely. but they're all so close and they're really great friends because they've spent that time together. Like you have nothing better to do, but stare at the four walls with all these other people. No one else has really gone through this journey like these other people. And this is what something that Damar Jackson and I talked about is that the reason that people get so close on these shows is because you can relate with these people in so many different ways. Yes, you could get to know them. You could agree and disagree on your likes and dislikes. But one thing that you can kind of have as your middle ground is that is you only know, you are the only people that understand what you went through during that time period. So I think that kind of brings me back to what I was just saying to you. I think some of the girls toxicity or how they feel is really kind of reflecting and bouncing off one another because yes everybody's on their toes about what could happen next what could Clayton be thinking oh if he's taking Sarah out on another one-on-one why isn't it me who I got my one-on-one last week I think like why is she getting two when I'm only going to get one or I haven't even had one yet like yes it's definitely going to build some tensions among a lot of them yes and I think it's a constant back and forth and that's why I think shit with Mara went down because she was kind 
kind of seeing where a lot of the frustration was lying between her relationship and why she wasn't connecting as well as other girls, the final rose came down to Mara. Mara has always given me an ick since the moment she said like Mara, like marinara sauce. Yeah, she's bringing prego. I'm not, I'm not loving it. What about Ragu? No, that's just somewhat of my last name. Uh, I can't associate (laughs) myself with her. I gotta keep my distance on that one. I don't even know if ick is the right word for my end of it, at least. Mm -hmm. There's just something that just doesn't sit right with me. And I don't know if it's like the age thing that she thinks she has Mm -hmm. like this seniority over these other girls Mm -hmm. or just that she's older and wiser. So she claims like, Mm -hmm. but if this girl says I'm wife material one more time in an episode, I swear to God, I should have taken shots the entire time. She said that should have been the drinking game should have been. Take a shot every time she says that wife material. Wifey material, ready for marriage. Oh my God. I would have been plastered. No, we would have been dead on the floor. And I love that you brought up the seniority point. The number one thing that was bothering me throughout this entire episode, especially because the storyline was so based on Mara, was that you're looking for a wife. I'm going to cook. I'm going to clean and I'm good in bed. When she made that whole oh, rhyme, which yeah. the rhyme, don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, the rhyme was immaculate. No, the rhyme was great. I don't know if I could have memorized that as no. well in such a short amount of time. Like my brain is just fried from that type of stuff. I don't like this narrative of being like, oh, I'm the picture perfect wife. I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to clean for you. I'm going to be whatever you want me to be in bed for like, you. Why are we making the concept of being a wife so antiquated too, though? I'm sorry, cooking, cleaning, and being this pretty perfect playboy housewife is not really what a lot of guys want anymore either i feel and if they do i'm sorry if they do cool like good on you but like let's leave room for like a modern day woman maybe who like wants to have a job a career like maybe let's both be successful let's did i not say what's her career and it said yes exactly and don't get me wrong i'm not discrediting her she probably has a lovely business but i would love to learn more about it because say if her and clayton were to get engaged Would she just drop that? I am such a big believer of like, when you are with someone engaged relationship, you should not lose yourself within that relationship. And your independence is still just as important as when you are not in a relationship. And I think, yes, I think it's a lot more of like an old school value thing. Growing up, staying at home, then, you know, going away to school or doing your own thing, working, finding your man, getting married, having kids, doing the whole same old song dance. I think that, especially with the season with a lot of these girls, Rachel's a pilot. And she talked about how, like, she really had to work her ass off to, you know, get respect within, like, a pilot pilot community community because also being a female. We heard about Sarah and being adopted and how she's really tried to, like, prove herself that even though who raised me is not, like, who birthed me and who I am bloodline, like, that's not a reflection of them or who I am as a person. Like, I am me because I'm me. Mara takes it to another level where it's almost like that kind of all gets diminished. And yes, it's nice to have old school values, but, like, you're priding yourself off of cooking cleaning and having sex i'm sorry in my opinion once again if someone else has a different view so be it but like no it's your opinion on it yeah like my opinion that's not having any form of substance i'm so sorry like i agree cooking cleaning having sex whoa i think everyone can kind of accomplish that Mm -hmm. like if that's all you're good for so sorry i'll see you next time like i'd rather go rachel who we love rachel great 
But like, I'll go with her. She has drive. She has moral. She has ambition. But I can tell she's going to get on my nerves sooner than later. Oh, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Everyone can get on someone's nerves at some point in time, though. Yes, but I want her to be good for Clayton because Clayton needs someone that's going to counterbalance him. This is another issue that I have. This is what I think is missing because I think Clayton still also has this like frat boy, fuck boy attitude. Like he's just having fun right now. I'm very, very much aware that he is crediting, you know, wanting to get married at the end of this, wanting to be a dad, wanting to start a family, like build a life with a person. I totally think that is his idea. But in order to really achieve that, got to get out of that fuckboy mentality. Like Absolutely. he's waiting for his boys to back him up. When he's making out with these girls, it reminds me of parties, what I would do, what my friends would do. It's just like, it's such a constant reminder of that's not someone I would take seriously. And obviously all these girls don't see it, but I think watching back, it's like, where does your love lie? I hate to say it like that. I was say, okay, Khalid, tell me where your love <laughs> lies. Okay. No, but I'm being serious. I just find it difficult now because I still think he's in like such this fuckboy mentality and like the life bulb that went off for him was seeing how vulnerable Sarah got and how you know witty and charming Susie could be I get that I mean Sarah this whole episode Humpty Dumpty fell on the floor that was my heart like I feel so (laughs) bad for her because the poor girl doesn't deserve shit like just because you're 23 years old doesn't mean you're not mature enough shut the fuck up yeah literally I would love to just end her just does not deserve what's been handed to her Mara kind of I just don't understand I just don't understand where that narrative really comes from. And like, yes, she is young. And maybe she did say that in the beginning of the season, in the beginning of the journey. But guess what? I also don't know how anyone goes into this just automatically feeling like they're going to make it to the end. Yes, you have that in the back of your mind. But like going into it, you have to think like, okay, like I could be going home tonight or never. Yeah, I could end this. I could end with a ring on my finger or I can go home in literally 24 hours. So I think it's something that is being like built up over time and like asking someone point blank period, are you ready for marriage versus are you ready to get married to me are two totally different things. Different topics. How would you compare the two? In my head, are you ready to like be in love or like, have you ever been in love? Love can come in so many different forms. Mm -hmm. There are so many different types of relationships. I will easily say in love with Lindsay, like till the day I die in love with this girl, she's like, family to me but like that's, that's so different right there okay i'm also <laughs> gay let's there's just so many different types of relationships at the end of the day so to ask them point blank in that regard like are you ready to be in love too like i don't think she'd be here if she wasn't ready and granted you do have that long. exactly she either would have been sent home by now because you would have realized oh she's in it for the wrong reasons or all these girls who go on the show to be like instagram famous it's not that so like i just don't even understand like why there was a question you know to be honest mm-hmm. with you i just think it was very weird and i I think Mara is trying to make it such a flex, especially to Clayton saying, I'm being cute. I'm flirty. I'm 30. I'm I'm 30, flirty and thriving. Like I'm trying to show you that like, I'm all that you say you want and you're not giving me the chance. And I hate to break it to you, sister. He's He's just just not not that that into into you. I understand. I guess in this situation, like it would be different if it was real life. I mean, it is real life, but like, this is a television show. It's curated. It's curated. I feel as if like, she's that girl or that ex that just is not getting the hint. Trust me. I've been there plenty of times and it's like no like I can change their mind but at the same token like you accepting that versus trying to manipulate another relationship in order to get something out of it she was shocked she didn't get the rose because she was explaining that 
Sarah said X, Y, and Z about not wanting to be married or Weeks engaged ago. by the end of this. Supposedly, like it's not even a confirmed thing that if she said that exactly. or not. And then when he gave the group date rose to Rachel, she was shocked. And then did you see that little hug that he gave oh her? Oh my God. It was like, she was a, like oh, tap, tap. Like, no, it wasn't even a tap, tap. No, it was you're one right. It was like, it was, it was one tap. It was, uh, it was like, oh, uh, it wasn't even like a high five. I don't even know what to call it. It, it was, was just uncozy. Yeah, just, oh, that's my favorite word. You know, I know that. it was uncozy. It. it was simply just not platonic feeling. It was, no, it was platonic. I feel like I didn't even think it was that. I just, think at that point she it was, was just, so it was frustrated weird. it was weird it was not good but i think like being that you are older you should know i mean mean girl behavior never ends no matter if you're 3 13, 13 30, 30 83 it does not matter you're always going to be dealing with shitty ass fucking people if she really wanted to preach this like older seniority persona act that way act that way where it's not only mature but like you're kind of like raising other people up by doing so it's almost like a jealousy game to me at this point i agree i mean like i feel like at this point especially with sarah and this whole thing going on right now Mm -hmm. one i feel like she's just being painted as like a villain right right now just sarah or mara mara i mean i think in a way she is definitely being painted as a villain i don't think she is the villain i think she's like they needed a they needed someone to fill in for shanae which is unfortunate but it is what it is if you're gonna preach you're like this older more mature wise girl lift people up like show them that you know oh maybe i didn't get this rose but i'm gonna be better next time or Mm -hmm. what can i do to show him it's frustrating no i mean there's no of course it's frustrating at the end of the day they're all fighting over him especially for those girls like mara and eliza and jet well jen we've kind of got like a one-on-one after the two-on-one but for the girls that like also haven't had a one-on-one when you haven't had that much time and then you're seeing girls like sarah have these double dates here i understand how it can get frustrating but once again don't tear someone else down just to help better yourself because i also think they view it especially mara as like oh that's someone that's already taking one slot for me because at the end of the day you also i guess have to think of it as a competition not like in the way where you're tearing people down like Shanae is. I'm getting rid of the trash. That's why I ended up on a boat alone, hun. (laughs) Yeah, literally (laughs) under Niagara Falls. I think you have to think of it like, and I think Susie did this well, is where I see that he's forming these relationships and I'm happy for everyone else, but I need to- At the same token, I need to either boost my own relationship with him. I need to stand out. Yeah, exactly. I need to show him that I also care and bring his attention. Exactly, but not by pulling it away from other people. Do you think it is a bad thing to share too much in the first few dates with someone yes 100 percent. why i mean in my opinion i'd rather draw someone in and just let them kind of i don't want to say let them get like the most curated version of myself mm-hmm. but like before i let my heart out to you right let me make sure it's gonna go somewhere let's make sure we're on the same page and what we're looking for like let's make sure we have the same ideals goals and granted that no but i'm talking about you like what you're sharing about yourself your story like who you are as a person, where you oh, come yeah, from. Oh, yeah, no. I, even with that, though, I feel like let's make sure we're on the same path first mm-hmm. before I'm going to give you my entire life story. Especially with me, I'm like a very private person, surprisingly. Like, mm-hmm. Granted, most extroverted human you'll ever meet. But when it comes down to like the nitty gritty of it, like a lot of my past is kind of rough. So I don't really want, feel super comfortable just throwing that at someone like the first few dates. Once again, I rather them just be like, oh, cool. Like we're hanging out. It's going well. It's the getting to know you, but not getting to know inside of you. Exactly. Well, getting to know inside of me. Okay. (laughs) No, but it's like the getting to know you. It's hard. What is also too much? Because like what's too much for me to show on the first date or second date or third date even. That's like 
maybe some person's like, I'm willing to tell you this 30 seconds into meeting you. I think it's definitely a level of comfortability, but I think in this situation, you have to be vulnerable. And I think Clayton has done a good job with trying to get these girls to open up and talk about like their struggles or their past. I also feel like the girls have to leave him wanting to know more. Exactly. Like when it comes down to this, it is a game at the end of the day. It's strategic. Like exactly. It's like how to win a man in 10 dates. What cards am I going to put on the table? What way am I going to make him want more? What cliffhanger am I going to leave? So he comes back asking me for another one-on-one. How is he going to want to get more information from you without like you giving it all away on the first try? And I'm going to throw this back because did you watch my dream season? Yes. Okay. That's what I feel like happened similarly with Abigail and Matt, because Abigail got Matt's first impression rose. He was hooked on her, like always felt like there was this connection and she was opening up, opening up and being as vulnerable. And she's like, when is it my turn that I get to show and shine and have my one-on-one in my time with you? And I feel like, and I hate saying it like this. I feel like her putting it all out there so much and kind of earlier on that kind of made him walk away and explore his other options. You know what I'm saying? I think it's because he knew kind of what he was getting into. Matt James? I don't think so. No, I mean, like you said, like she put so much out on the line mm-hmm. right away. Like he's like, all right, well, kind of got a little bit of a glimpse of her. Let's he's like, see. okay, I'll put exactly. you on the back burner. Like you're going to go okay. on hold for right now and let me see what else is going on. That when they start talking to the other people and they feed into that information, it's like, oh, Abigail who? A lot of these girls aren't doing that. And I think his one-on-one with Teddy, we kind of got a glimpse into her storyline is that she had to tell him that she's a virgin and that it's not because she's waiting till marriage. It's because she like wants to be in love with the person that she has sex with, which completely respectful, all power to you. But at the same time, it's like something I think he's going to have to get over is not only the whole virgin thing I hate to say, but... He's also going to have to get over other layers of her that don't include the sexuality part of her. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like we always get something along this line in any of these seasons and how it's edited together, especially this season. It was like poor timing. So it seemed who knows when it was actually really said. It's just how do you like on his end go about working through that in a way that it also doesn't come off as rude to her mm-hmm. like once again you're she, that's a big part of her life obviously like you said she's not waiting until and marriage. it could come across as like that's all i can give you right now exactly so like how does he process that in a way that's comfortable for him as well as not making her feel like oh shit did i wanting screw to know this more up about exactly her. yeah how, like how is he gonna make Break that down not the walls. only aspect of her then we see that sarah gets her second one-on-one date and everyone is kind of like oh my god like sarah got another one-on-one and this is where mara mara i can't even say her name i don't care yeah we don't care enough about manipulation her kind of plays into this entire episode and it really made me sad seeing sarah get so upset because obviously like we don't know if Mara's telling the truth. Like, we could definitely be manipulated by Sarah, too. But just seeing someone get hurt by someone else's words like that and literally saying and crying out loud, who the fuck said that? Yeah, like, why would someone do this to me? Right. Who the fuck would do this? Like, like focus so on your own t- relationship. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's, once again, so butthurt that she's not getting these one-on-one time. So she's trying to, once again, pull people down around her to, like, prove that she's, like, the better choice here. But all that's showing me, you don't even know how to handle yourself in a, like, good manner so if you were to get into a fight with clean how would you handle that what type of manipulation game exactly what are you gonna say to him now are you gonna try and hurt him too like you're the most dominant you're on top of the fields here i don't know where she this is an abby miller's pyramid 
Oh, God. It's the bachelor pyramid. For real. How do you feel Clayton handled that situation? From the beginning, like we said earlier, there are people saying so many things to Clayton at the end of the day. Even with, like the Shinny thing, all saying that she's the worst. But now you're going to take Mara's word as God in 30 seconds and say, like, I just don't know if I loved how it was handled. Mm -hmm. Granted, I don't know how I would have handled it. That's definitely some like crazy information. We always put like the what ifs, if we could have. Yeah, like if I could have done it, who knows? But if I was in that scenario, I don't know how I would have handled it, but it wouldn't have been like that. I feel Mm -hmm. like it came off very accusatory in a Mm -hmm. way. Good observation, Nicholas. If you have such a strong connection with her that you're willing to go on a second one-on-one, how are you going to turn around and then go, well, did you really say this? I think there's a way to say something and he did not say that well, especially with the way that he's handled situations in the past with the other girls that he's gotten rid of thus far. This is the time that you choose to be stern. And I think it's because like he said to Jesse Palmer, he's getting nervous. Obviously, you're going to be nervous with something like this at the end of the day. Like you're trying to find something you're going to spend the rest of your life with. I understand Mm -hmm. the nerves. Once again, use them to your advantage. Almost like attack the situation with a little bit more decorum. We're choosing now to be harsh. We're choosing now to be stern. When you're coming down to someone that you apparently have good feelings for and you're saying that all these things are great for you two so far and you have feelings towards her that's the way you chose to attack it and I don't love that neither do I and I am happy that she was as vulnerable as she could have been she was crying I did not like to see that but I think it was almost like a wake-up call for him like it was a necessary I need to make my own judgments I need to take everything that these women are saying to me with a grain of salt and then use my own action I feel like he thought he was doing that but when it's repetitive. And also, this is the only person that we know of that said something like that to him about her. You're going to choose one person over... The other. It's like, how do you know which word to believe at the end of the day, too? It's not like all these different girls are coming to him saying, she's not ready for this. She made a point to say... And this girl also said this right after she was pleading, like, why are you not giving me attention? Yeah, so in my eyes, it just looks like... It was a manipulation attention, Exactly. We are left off on a to-be-continued into next week. It seems like there's going to be lots of spirals. Nick, I want you to share your beautiful notes that you took, because you took quite a few. If you know Nick and you know our friendship, we are very not cookie cutter. We... Far from. Tell it like it is. I think something that a lot of people get confused with, especially on The Bachelor, is the delivery of people because you only know these people for like three weeks. So you don't really understand their tone or delivery. Even when it comes to sarcasm, you don't really get those intimate moments where you're understanding communication skills. And like, yes, obviously Nick and I are only friends, but that's a big part of like a relationship, platonic or not communication and I feel like just these dates you don't know a communication style within a person making cute tears yet have the audacity to call other people an actress sounds wild coming from her not very Meryl Streep of her if you ask me (laughs) Cheyenne I'm 29 and never have been in love no one's ever loved me everyone else on earth Cheyenne did I say Cheyenne I did why did I say Cheyenne? Well, she might as well be Cheyenne now because she's yeah. shy gone. When they put her on the boat all by herself, I was crying. If Mara wants more respect, maybe she should start by cutting out the Sherry Hill prom dresses. She's stepping into her villain era, Mara. So as I'm sitting here watching these things, I'm kind of just pulling as well. So I'm sitting here in my head saying, why does Clayton need to step away every few minutes? It's because the producers need to bring him a magic eight ball to decide where he's going with these situations next. Every other time he's stepping away, like that's also not a way to handle a scenario. Mm -hmm. Let me step away in the most inopportune time so you can sit here and cry it out while I go plot my answer. I don't love that. 
Have you noticed that he really gets into his kisses too? Like, don't get me wrong. It's nice to be passionate, but he's like, but he's ready to like, he's like their tongue out of their freaking mouth. He is absorbing the death eaters. Oh, do you not know what that's from? That's a Harry Potter thing, right? Oh my God. He knows me so much. I do. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I don't know. I maybe death eaters is like a bit dramatic, but (laughs) maybe a little, but what do you think we haven't seen of Clayton that wish we could see more of that's PG rated Nicholas. Okay. Calm down. To be honest with you, and this might be like a weird opinion, I feel like we haven't seen him at his most vulnerable yet. Mm -hmm. He keeps like, and I keep saying it, like he keeps taking these like dramatic walk away moments. Stay there. Be real with us. Like show us what your thought process is. Because like if you're relation, like once again, you're trying to build a relationship with these girls and your answer is to walk away. I understand people like process things differently need to have their own ways of doing things but like not that's not going to work for everyone down the line either maybe just showing us like your actual inner thought process and like why you're feeling the way you're feeling i agree and disagree with you i think that we do need to see more of him and i think we are going to but i think he also doesn't know how to comprehend drama especially with girls because girl drama versus guy drama is very different. different i think because he hasn't been in this position before and like i said he's in frat boy mode let's be real has probably never had 30 women fawning over him wanting his attention wanting to marry him date him get to know him he's probably had his run around the mill i don't think he's ever been in this position where it's like there are so many people that have genuine yeah, quote unquote, yeah, genuine feelings for that want to pursue me. And like, I could potentially see a future with that. I'm just kind of like, it's frustrating for me because I have nothing to compare it to. And I think that's where we're going to see more vulnerability once hometowns hit. And we meet not only the girls' families, but his, his family. family. I think that really is like, game changer every interview that i've ever watched with any bachelor bachelorette alums they said hometowns is what changed it absolutely once again can you believe we're almost there i can't to be honest with you and kind of great like i'm very excited don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. like you said i want to see the rest of what's going to happen here that might be because like time and like me and you are watching it together every single week it's crazy to think we've I don't want to say dwindled it down. Don't want to make these other girls feel insignificant, but like we've dwindled it down to like the last few now. We this have a is, general idea of who the I mean, finalists could be. Who do you think do. the finalists are? The top three. I mean, I don't want to say top three, final three. Sorry. Well, I mean, top three, final three. Okay, might as well be the same thing. It is. I'm so rooting for Rachel. I don't Me know too. how it's going to end up. As long as she's in the running, I'm going to be happy with whoever mm-hmm. else ends up there. At one point, I thought it would have been. Mara after tonight I'm not too sure and I mean Sarah come on let's be real here I definitely think it's good I disagree completely I mean I'm not shocked I only agree with Rachel I think it's Rachel Susie and Gabby and I think Gabby's gonna be third place or whatever you want to call it I think she's gonna be bachelorette everyone is saying she will make a phenomenal bachelorette. i know i think she'll make whether or not she'll do it is a different story because everyone could say like oh this person can make a great bachelorette but are they willing to but do if they that? want to do that is a different story i could see that i mean why do you think gabby that's my question now i think their date was the most genuine date because like they were having fun we got to see a side of clayton where it seemed as if he was just hanging out with someone and cameras were off. Agreed. If you, I mean, yeah, actually I recant my statement. I still think Rachel, mm-hmm. I still kind of do think Sarah, forget Mara because she needs to be sent home anyways, like I said. So, so yeah, no, I'm going to change it. Let's say Rachel 
Sarah and Gabby. I think that could really be it at the end of the day. I'm saying Rachel, Gabby, and Susie. That is my final three. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I mean, either way, no matter what happens, I'm still hoping Rachel wins because she's she should. Rachel, as she should. What do you think some of Clinton's red flags are? <laughs> Not knowing how to process drama for one. I want to revoke whenever a bachelor or a bachelorette says, thank you for sharing. Yes. Or... I appreciate you feeling that way or like, I understand that feeling or like, just like those like weird things that you feel like you need to like say, filler because you can't say what you want to say, what you want to say because you don't want to give them the wrong impression. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big red flag in anyone though. Yeah. Just like, but on this show, but this show specifically where once again, we're trying to build relationships. You're like just throwing some random filler in there because you can't come off as like being rude or being hurtful or also, just not wanting to come off the wrong way in general, like not knowing what to say. So just saying anything isn't the right answer, in my opinion. I figured out another red flag that I noticed in Clean. He is very indecisive when it comes to what he feels versus what his penis feels. Yes. I think sometimes, and this is why I think he kept Shanae for so long, because his penis was going up when he would see her. You know what I'm saying? Down there, was getting excited. That when anyone else... Even though that would get him, you know, erected too. Is that a word? Erected? Erected? That was getting that would him, get him erect? Yeah, that was getting him erect too. It kind of was clouding his judgment. Because he was using the wrong head. The sexual appeal Shanae was using. And I think that's what makes him so indecisive is that he was really focusing with his eyes and his balls rather than with his heart and his head. I think it kind of counteracted. There was just a disjoint. There was just like not a connected communication. Okay. And I think that's why it took him so long to, to have that two say. on one and to finally be like, oh, now I understand what everyone was talking about. I think it's very appealing and I think it is great that he is so focused on getting married and having a family. Whether or not it comes from this process is another story. I was just going to say, I was but I thinking think that's like admirable. my one green flag, to be really honest. Like, he's not a bad guy by means, but I think the one green means go with him is he's definitely dead set on having a family, growing a relationship with somebody. Like you said, whether it comes from this process in general, I'm happy he knows exactly what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he knows how to find it exactly right now. I think he would have been great on Paradise for this exact reason because he would have been put in like more real, real life, life situations. You are more primarily focused on one, two people, if that. Yeah, you're not having 30. Mm-hmm. Like you're having, like you said, one or two where you're really able to build those connections. Right. See what, I don't want to say the real world because even paradise it's not the real world it's the closest you're gonna get you and i said that all the time about kenny amari exactly no exactly it's gonna show you every little aspect that you could come across irl is what's gonna happen in paradise that's why the relationship rate out of paradise is so much higher do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing for people to rush out of bachelor bachelorette to get married or you think it's important to value that time and date the person before rushing into a marriage if it was me i would want to value that time and make sure at the end of the day that you have to ask for their phone number when's your birthday again yeah these are just like questions that don't really come across in bachelor once again you're so cut off from everything in the world that it gives you kind of just like this false sense of security in my Mm -hmm. opinion you're not really kind of covering like the bases all the time the shit that i joke about that i hate learning about in the quote-unquote talking stages you need to learn their mom's middle name and favorite color 
Sorry, but if I was there and someone tried to marry me right after I got out of The Bachelor, I don't know if that would end up too well because I feel like me and I would get so caught up in like the hoorah, glitz glam of it all. Mm-hmm. That I'd come home and I'd be like, because now all I can think about on. you. Exactly. Because you have the added pressure from people being like, so when are they going to get married? Exactly. And then like, it's all over socials. The, they posted one thing weird. They were with someone else. Or like you said, all these girls at a bachelor come out being really close friends. Well, why wasn't he with them? Or why were, why were they all together without him? It just, I feel like it could bring up so many problems mm-hmm. that I think come home, Take your time a little bit. Like, unless you guys are obviously like madly in love, you've had those conversations on Bachelor, which I mean, kind of hard to come by the time to do so. Unless you're like in a fantasy suite and that's, you're not a, I think go home, take the time, really make sure that at the end of the day, you know, every in and out about them. Cause if I wasn't able to tell you your freaking birthday or like you saw even like something insignificant, like your mom's middle name, that's not even something that like married couples now know, right. but still like, make sure you have it's something this, important. Exactly. Like have all the information and make, I don't want to say make an educated guess. Cause obviously you wouldn't end up with them if you didn't at least have feelings towards them, but just make sure it's going to work out in like a real life scenario first. And take it day by day and stop thinking about a timeline. And you know, I always preach that. Oh yeah, no. Yes, you have to think about, okay, like how long down the line do I want to wait? But also this isn't normal life. Yeah, like, this isn't It's not finding like, a date at a bar. Right. It's also like when you meet someone, like it's not how our parents were. Like my parents met on a blind date, were engaged after six months, got, got married, married after, after two years. It's very different nowadays. Like people are together for 10 plus years and still have nowhere near an engagement exactly and like every timeline is different but you can't compare but at the same token like enjoy what you're doing now and then save that for later exactly take the time to really live in the moment as opposed to searching just for that end goal do you think clayton is an engaged man out of this i'm gonna hope so I am, but I'm going to hope so. It's something he really wants. Mm -hmm. Do I know for a fact it's going to happen? No. Do I hope so? I do. Do you ever read spoilers? I try not to. Me either. It's a new thing. I don't know if I love it or not. Seasons past, I would read them. I would make sure I'm in the loop with every little thing. And like, I'm even trying to just stay a little bit more in the moment because then I'm sitting here like, oh, well, I know what's happening because I, knew that, I saw yeah. it last week. I knew that was coming. Like right now, I just want to make sure I'm in the moment, not with them. But like if I'm following along, let me actually just follow along. Well, Nick, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you giving us all your wisdom and your thoughts and opinions. Maybe we'll do this for on like live or something. Ooh, maybe that could be fun. For when the finale happens. But let everyone know where they can follow you, inquire about some fashion tips or social media tips. Nick is really selling himself short. He went to school for fashion merchandising for business quite literally has dipped his toes into every single freaking water you can possibly imagine. So he is a great source of knowledge. So why don't you let everyone know where they can follow you? Right, so as of right now, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-S underscore Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. As of right now, that's where I'm at. But it will also be linked in the episode description below. It was so good talking with you, Lynn. Nick, thanks so much for coming. Please come again. And I mean, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Same and time, 
Same for place. all of you that want to keep up with anything bachelor or bachelorette related, also take a listen to my interview with Zachary Reality, which I had last week. He is such a great source of knowledge. Thanks, Nicholas. Thank you. That is it for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to Nick and I talk about one of our favorite things to talk about, The Bachelor. And thank you again to Nicholas for coming on and sharing his wisdom. Make sure that you are continuing to follow the Jappy Jaws journey on social media at Jappy Jaws, J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W s as well as on tiktok jappy jaws podcast and make sure that you are subscribing reviewing rating liking and turning that notification bell on so you are notified every single thursday for whenever the new episode of jappy jaws drops i love you all a whole lot thanks for all the support and i will see you all next thursday